Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. You know, this is actually Lucky Church Planner Podcast episode 170. That is the lucky number that I always think about. That is essentially 170 hours of church planning goodness. Well, actually, um, maybe about 30 minutes of church planning goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So that is, let's see, so, so about 60 hours, 65 hours of church planning goodness. And the rest of it is just smack talk. <laughs> well, keep in mind that some of our earlier episodes were half hour interviews, remember? Yeah, we had the one month where we did like 20 half hour sessions. You know, I go onto iTunes now and I type in church planning and we're like number three on hardcore. I don't know it why. I don't know why we're not number one. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying, like we when we first started, we we didn't even factor in, man. We didn't even appear on it. I love how we're trendsetters. You see everyone now who's like yep. trying to do podcasts, and some of them are cool enough that they even call us and are like, "Hey, how do you guys do it? <laughs> tell me, tell me what you do." I still don't know how we do it. <laughs> yeah, you just go talk to Pete. <laughs> I just show up. I tell him, I go, you know, I just show up. You're man. like a deer in the headlights when I tell you, oh, you know what? I can't do the podcast today. You're going to have to do it. You're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to do it. I remember taking when we interviewed Lane Corley uh, at the Sin Conference in Nashville. I remember uh, taking my, I got a Zoom and I'm calling you up. I'm in a restaurant in, in Nashville going, hey, Pete. I got the zoom here, man. I'm reading the instructions. What does it mean? What does it mean? <laughs> You're like, okay, calm down, calm down. Let me walk you through it. There's a red wire and a green wire. 
I still think it didn't come out that well, right? It was like you were eating the mic or something or. Yeah. My sound guy was like, please don't ever do that again. I sent it to him. I'm like, clean this up, man. This is bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were doing the one interview with Michael Cheshire and I kept like taking the mic away from your mouth. You you, you were like a DJ. You had to eat the mic. Then we then we interview that guy from that um, that studio that did the work with Disney. Remember at you Disneyland? Did. You walked around with him, and I walk around with the mic. It comes out perfect. I'm in a crowd of like thousands of people. Literally, we're walking through down Main Street, like through the castle. Maybe you didn't Disney eat it. statue. You know, music playing everywhere. Come alive! You know this Disney movie, and then and then it comes out perfect. Maybe you didn't eat the mic. That's all I'm saying. It is possible. It is. Well, hey, I just want to share that we actually got two reviews this week for the podcast. I'm actually kind of excited about that. I know. A double review. That doesn't normally happen where we get two in one week. And I I do believe it's because of all the free stuff we're giving away. So anyway, the first review that we got here is from, uh, I I love the name, ILL Magic Matt. You can't go wrong with Magic Matt. That's all I'm saying. No? I'm silent. No? You got nothing on that? All right. Except my dog's scratching. Can you hear that? (laughs) Yes, I can. Man, dogs are not good for podcasts. Boy, are your dogs scratching. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) The the headline from Magic Matt is, first time in laughing. Sometimes we as church planners think that we're cooler than we are. Church planning is not all about us, but it's about Jesus. These guys keep it real and have fun. While, ta- while talking about issues we all need to hear. See, I love that one. It was straight to the point. It was legit. Absolutely. You know what? I, I read our bad review. Remember that that day we got the two-star review? The one two-star review? Yes. Yeah. I went back and read it. Oh, hold on. Stupid train. I was just scrolling through our reviews, and I read that one, and uh, I guess I hadn't. uh, paid attention like he actually was kind of scathing in that why do you think i ripped on him for like four or five weeks in a row yeah i didn't i I remember reading i'm like oh it's cool if you don't like it but wow why did you say that (laughs) (laughs) why do you think i cyber stalked him man i i didn't i was like i kind of read it and i'm like it didn't bother me at all uh, either time, but I, I guess this time when I read it, I just kind of was like, wow, man, that, that, wow. Wow. Mm. You really didn't like us. Wow. Mm. Yeah. But he did give us two and not one. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I think he gave a star for each of us. Cause he said, I really like your other podcast. You know, sometimes when people fail as a church planter, they like to feel better about themselves. And so they rip on other people. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> that was deep psychology. Deep psychology with Pete Mitchell. I like that. That could be like a new vignette. So, so here's the uh, here's the next review that we got this week. This one's from Robert Frazier, who's also in Jump School, by the way. Yeah, it's my it, boy. His review starts out with "The force is strong with these guys," so you know we're gonna like this review. Heck yeah. Have you ever just sat around and told stories with your buddies, and one of them eventually said something worth hearing? That's this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> The smack talk will transform your life. The topic will inspire and train you as it sets you off on your church planting journey. One caveat. If you don't like Star Wars, just walk away. This podcast is not for you. <laughs> I dig it, man. That is so good. So as a reminder uh, to you two guys, 
Magic Matt and Robert Frazier. If you want to get your free gifts, all you got to do is open up Church Planner Magazine either on your Android or your Apple device. And when you open it, there's a little little gear column, little gear thingy down in the bottom right corner of the screen. That is the settings or something like that. So just click on that. And then it's going to open up a little screen that says contact us. Hit the contact us. That's going to actually email us your device token. And we're going to give you Peyton Jones taking no man's land, which is like a $10 gift and uh, the postcard report, which is like a $20 gift. So but he's worth $34.99. I'm just saying. <laughs> I've actually sold mine for a lot of money. And if I told you how much, you wouldn't believe me. But uh, yeah. but we'll give them both to you for free. So Nice. Yeah. And that goes nice. that goes for everybody else. You want to send us a review? We're going to take the review and we're going to give you some free swag. Yeah, man. Some good stuff. And a lot of what's in Taking No Man's Land became uh, the backbone of some of Jump School and how it was written. Um, now, now, was, now, when you say Jump School, what exactly are you referring to? Everything is Jump School. <laughs> everything is Jump School when you're People don't understand. We had a conversation this week. I'm like, I just saw that you offered something called Jump School the book. What is that? I have no idea what it is. Oh man, that was so funny. Everything is called jump school. I finally, I go, I go, can we call the, uh, this jump school core team training? Can we do I'm that? Like, I thought the- you wanted everything to be called jump school. I, I want to be able to refer to things and people know what we're talking about. <laughs> That's what I really want. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, Hey, I got some smack talk, man, this, this week, or, or, or should we, should we say any more about review? Leave us a review. No, and we'll I, I think you did swag. it. That was good enough. You did that. Cool. All right. Hey, I, I got a funny bit of smack talking. Let's uh, hear it. You were actually there. I was interviewing a guy. You know, we were scheduled to interview a guy named Steve Smith. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, we, we I'm, I'm interviewing this guy. He he had come, not the Steve Smith from like Ying Kai, T4T, taking, taking churches by storm, that kind of thing. This was a Steve Smith who uh, worked for Converge, and he does systems. And so he was our systems trainer. And he was going to come on, and, and the day we got him on, his Skype just wasn't working right. So we said, well, let's reschedule. So I go to reschedule with him, and I'm writing, you know, Dear Steve Smith, would you be available on such and such day? Sure, no problem, you know. Okay, cool. So, you know, a little bit before I say, hey, man, I can't do the 10 o'clock. I got to do... 8.40 in the morning, and then I got to hit the road, go down to San Diego. So could you uh, blah, blah, blah. He goes, hey, no problem. That's fine. I'll see you then. I call Steve Smith, and the Ying Kai Steve Smith hops on. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm not prepared to interview him. It's on It's on Hardcore Church Plan. It was really good. So what I want to know is – which of those conversations did you have with that Steve Smith and not the other Steve Smith? That is a mystery. I still don't. I think what happened is I went to rebook because I told him, oh, I'll get, in, I'll get in touch with you and rebook. I didn't do it that day. So I, I out of the blue, emailed him and said, hey, you know, have you on the podcast again? Boom, boom, boom. And uh, he just responded back, sure, no problem. And it was him. It was like the famous Steve Smith. The funny thing is when you talk to the non-famous Steve Smith, he always goes, oh, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not that Steve Smith. So I had to call him later because then later I'm driving to San Diego and I get a text like, hey, man, I'm all ready for 10 o'clock. <laughs> so you had us double booked? Steve Smith. 
You had us double booked? Is that the deal? I don't know what I did, man. I think I did. I think I talked to both Steve Smith. You want to know what's funny? Is their email address are actually Steve Smith one at Gmail and Steve Smith two at Gmail. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, I had to tell him, I go, hey, you know how you're always uh, saying that you're not the famous Steve Smith? Yeah, funny thing about that. (laughs) (laughs) That is pretty funny, man. I, I don't think I really realized what happened because he I, I never know who our guests are anyway like i still don't know what happened you're in this world though and you usually give me a list of questions it's a good thing you didn't give me a list of questions for the other steve smith can you imagine like yeah normally i hit you just a few minutes hey here's some questions and we could ask him that day i'm like oh crap you're like questions because we chat like via you know text uh, apple chat or whatever yeah text and a lot of times we're, we're commenting while we're talking to the guy, you know, one of us is saying, Hey, ask him this or whatever. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm just making stuff up right there on the spot, but he was good, man. He yeah. actually, his new book got me excited. I kind of liked it because, um, it's a novel. Yeah. And that's a novel idea. It is a novel <laughs> idea. And, and that was pretty good, but he is an innovator. And I love the way he said, I think I know how to motivate people in the pews and that that was uh, hey more power to them i was like that was cool the uh the other thing i had is not funny it's actually a little sad i told you a little bit about it yesterday that i was in a in a conference this week oh yeah and um i was i was emceeing an event and the guy made the comment that uh he goes, I don't think people need to hear about the cross so much. That's just a bad thing to say to a room full of pastors at a Christian conference. Like if you were at a Muslim conference or a Satanist conference or something that, that didn't have to do with Jesus, that might be an okay thing to say. It might be really popular. You know what's funny? If you had said... um I don't think people need to hear about the prophet Muhammad as much at a Muslim conference. They would probably take you out and stone you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so I'm sitting there and he, he says this and my mind is going back. Wait, I've heard this before at another conference. Somebody else said this. And then my mind goes back to another conference that I was at. I I can't remember which one it was. I remember because we talked about it. Do you hear that plane? Yeah. It sounds like he's about ready to land in your backyard. Sure does. I mean, I got the train, I got planes, I got automobiles. I'm waiting for John Candy. No, we told from Tacoma, Washington to we, turn up. We talked about that on uh, on one of the episodes. I remember who it was, in fact. Who said yeah. it? Yeah, I remembered. I remembered. No, we're not going to say. No, it, we're not going to say. I remember him saying it at that conference going, and I looked around like, is anybody kind of offended by it? Like, and and what it was is I think this guy had heard that and been impressed at that conference. And this was his moment to shine. And he just parroted. Well, look, you know, um, it wasn't my conference. I was holding the mic and I seriously debated snapping it on and going, hey, man, um, I'm going to give you some pushback on that. Because I, I, what he went on to say was, you know, I didn't need to hear more about the cross and how Jesus died for my sins and Blah, blah, blah. And it was just like a carbon copy of what the other guy had said at this big conference. And 
And he goes, what I really needed to hear about was the incarnation. They didn't explain it. So it was kind of a lame statement. I looked around. I see all these established church pastors and I'm like, yeah, I, I think they would probably disagree with him. But by that time, not, hardly anyone was listening to him anyways. Um, he was looking down at his laptop, uh, or not him, but everyone else. I mean, he was really not a inspiring speaker by any stretch of the imagination, but everyone was like doing emails and working on documents and, and I kind of looked at it and I thought, you know, this isn't really my conference. I'm I'm debating. And I just thought, man, we're out of here in a couple minutes. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything. But guys, I do want to say to you that if if that's in any way something that that sounds kind of interesting or whatever, just know it's a lie. It's just an absolute lie from the pit of hell. The one thing that Satan will always attack is the cross of Jesus. It is what beat him. It is what conquered him. It is what he fears. If you're ever in an exorcism, the cross is the most terrifying thing to a demoniac. Um, just know that when Paul says, I labor to know nothing among you save Christ and him crucified, um, he meant that because that's the foundation of everything. When he says, I carry in my body the death and the resurrection of Jesus, um, you know, on and on. Um, we judge thus that he who died for us uh, we should live for him that that those who live should no longer live for him. I mean, you know, yeah, anyways, I mean, the cross is so hardwired into every epistle. It becomes the motivator for why we live. And and just so you know, the cross and resurrection symbolizes, the cross symbolizes God's grace. How could you say that people don't need to hear more about grace? I mean, that's the foundation of everything. The Bible says it's good that the heart be established in grace in Hebrews 13. So anyways, all that to say, what I think he was trying to say when he said, when he's parroting the other guy, I don't think he was really thinking about it. I think he was trying to impress people. But when uh, when you say that people don't need to hear about the cross, they need to hear about the incarnation, I think I know what you mean, but your theology is wrong. What you're actually, what you're trying to say is they need to see Jesus living in you and they won't get that by hearing about the cross. I think that's where you're going, but that's not accurate. In the, in the New Testament, since the death of Jesus, the cross is the way that God made us okay for the spirit of God to live in us. And so the incarnation is only possible because the veil was taken away, that God could come out of the temple, the spirit could be given to people. So that our sin was wiped away, the spirit could dwell in us as the temple, and the incarnation could move out of Jesus and into us. So what you're really saying is people need not to hear less about the cross. What you're saying is people need to hear about the cross and the resurrection, which is Jesus being raised up so that we could have the spirit of God given to us so that he could live in us and the, and 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 so anyways i just i just don't want to hear guys saying that anymore and if our guys hear it church planners you'll hear it at church planning conferences don't buy it don't buy what they're selling don't pick up what they're laying down you know what i'm saying walk What's on the place? road hmm? walk right side safe walk left side safe walk middle sooner or later 
get the squish just like grape here. Church planting. Same thing. Either you. Church planting do. Yes. Oh. Church planting do. No. You. Church planting do. Guess so. Just like grape. <laughs> I thought that was appropriate for that right right after you were done with your my little, rant your, your little tirade that was my rant well hey before we uh we clip off our uh, smack talk as as we got to get into our actual topic um i would just like to uh to ask you a little something about your own particular church plant and now that you're you're training church planners and and whatnot um what i do i'd like to know if you encourage church plants to have any sort of online or text-based giving platform, or if you encourage them to use PayPal as a cheap and easy placeholder. No way. Um, actually, what we've been finding works really well in our churches is um, using clamshells as a bartering system. Mm, clamshells. Yeah, it's been really cool. Every once in a while, someone comes on a boat, gives us some trinkets. Uh, we exchange you know, gold and different things for that, but... No, uh, actually, I heard of a church planner who did that, and he actually bought Manhattan. It was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, the reality is, man, if you don't have an online giving system, and MoGive is the one, MoGive.com, um, they have pretty much, you can email funds, you can text funds. They they got it, man. You can do e-checks. You can do everything through MoGive. And, and, and I'll just say this. I was actually on a uh, supporter site last night i was uh i shouldn't say supporter he doesn't support us uh but he's a church planner and i wanted to give to his ministry i kid you not i wanted to give and he didn't have mo give and i was like you know what dude if at this point you don't have mo give i'm not giving to your church see and that's awesome right there because you know Pete has bank, so I'm gonna find out who you are afterwards. And uh, <laughs> I can't tell you because I, I know you you know the guy and you really respect him. And yeah. I'm afraid you might actually tell him, and then he'd be like, "Wait, well, this is what I do, God. It's not motive, but it's it's good." And I don't want to make the guy feel awkward, but no, no, I got you. But I I love I love the fact that there's a little bit of a mafia flavor in this call. <laughs> hey, <laughs> went to your website. <laughs> Hey, man, you know, I'm just saying it's pretty simple. They even give you like this little trinket of code you put on your website and it's done. Hey, when the church father visits your website and he makes you a donation, you can't refuse. <laughs> but you you don't have MoGive. I'm sorry, man. You, you just woke up with a horse head in your bed. Dude, I, mean, I love what that. Just happened. The church father. The church father. I still like the church father three. Oh, man. Can you imagine what a marketing tool for MoGive that they have a guy that visits church websites and donates? <laughs> so uh peyton how do you spell mogiv m-o-g-i-v dot com yep so amen all right you ready to get on with our topic yeah but uh before you do mm. grab the cannoli mm. Mm. organized crime <laughs> hey it was either organized crime or church planning all right scott it's time for this week's topic so, Peyton Jones, what is this week's topic? This week's topic is how to raise awareness of your church. So we spend a lot of time talking about the prep of the man. We talk a lot. I mean, shoot, we just talked about the gospel, talk about recruiting a core team. In fact, we spent all day yesterday on uh, the jump school forum call. Almost the entire call was about the, the whole day. Well, you know what I mean? Like our whole session 
was about recruiting a core team, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I uh, think my favorite part of yesterday's jump school call huh. was uh, when uh, Robert Fraser's like, so, uh, you know, how much money do I need to raise for my church launch? <laughs> and you go off for like a half hour on, <laughs> on, you know, we didn't have any money, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, no, so really, how much money do I need? And you're like, uh, six months, uh, six months salary and six months rent. He's like, yeah, okay, just thanks. Just rattle it off. Okay, you need boom, 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 boom. And everyone just starts laughing. He's like, like, That's all I needed, man. That's all I needed. That's all I was looking for. <laughs> oh, You must enunciate clearly what you're looking for. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you what I got, man. But yeah, that was so funny. It was like the cliff notes. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> it was the newspaper headline version. Yeah, that was pretty good. So, so, yeah, so yeah. we want to talk about how do you get people to know that you're there? Um, because a, a lot of churches are like, you know, it's kind of like the book, right? You can write the best book that nobody ever reads. You can write the best song that no one ever hears. And you've got it parked on some site somewhere, you know, maybe uh, musically or, you know, SoundCloud or whatever. But nobody knows about it. It could be the greatest song, kind of like that song Tribute by Tenacious D. The best song in the world. Oh, yeah. They couldn't remember it. So your church could be the best church in your city. But if people don't know about it, it's going to be the best church no one ever went to. I will uh, say my piece on this particular issue. It's something that we actually talked about maybe a year ago. You and I were at a conference. We won't name which conference it was. And we had just gotten done interviewing like, some of the most incredible church planners, Zavanda. We just interviewed her, uh, Zavanda Abedini, um, a bunch of other church planners. And I was emotionally drained. And you and I went to dinner and we're sitting there at the dinner table. And then there's this, this pastor there who's like going off about how great his church is. <laughs> and, and I kid you not, he's like, yeah, so I met this girl, and she's like, oh, I didn't know your church is over there. I've never heard of it. I've never seen it. He's like, yeah, it's been over there for 15 years, all 18,000 square feet. you know. And he was like bragging about how big his church was and how long he'd been there. Like it was her fault that she didn't know his church was there. Newsflash, yeah. not her fault, your fault, Mr. Pastor, that she doesn't know your church is there. Such a good point, man. Yeah, it was like, what's wrong with you that you don't know about my church? Yeah, I, oh, my gosh. I would wanted to rip that guy open so bad. <laughs> I was just like this. And he was just being a jerk to his assistant pastor. Yeah, he was he was pretty he was pretty happy with himself. Oh, my gosh. Let's put it that way. And, 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 and what happens is a lot of times these guys, man, they just they're so proud of what they've accomplished. And yet the the weird thing is that. They haven't like it's it's been mainly what other people have done to build that church. When you get in church planning, you realize you don't do as much as what you think you did. God does all the heavy lifting. And like I look at Refuge Long Beach right now, they're a team of animals. They're doing everything. I was talking with one of the guys this morning and I just said to him, you know what? This church has humbled me because I may have lit a spark, but I did not build this fire. You know, they, they are just on fire right now they're a team of gospel animals and i didn't do it i'm never there Mm. speaking of which this sunday is my uh kind of my final time there are you preaching on official time there yeah 
Well, I'll make yeah, sure I don't I figured go you're not there anymore. Why should I stay? I'll, I'll make sure I don't go visit then. Because <laughs> I, I was going to be there on Sunday, but not anymore. Forget that. Not if I'm going to be there. Yeah. So what are your thoughts? How do you advertise your church or raise awareness, I guess? We're not supposed to use the advertise word. Well, I think there's different ways to do it. You know, there's um, there's ways that uh, when you look at it right now, I'm doing this thing called the um, outreach evaluation matrix. And it's a way that you look. This is with multiply training with Mac Lake. I didn't I, I'm not brilliant enough to actually invent this. But uh, but but there's a scale where it looks kind of like you and I have talked about the kind of jobs you have where, you know, there's the money scale. Does it bring me a lot of money or a little money? Does it suck a lot of my time or a little of my time? And then the third thing was, does it give me a lot of exposure to people or a little bit of exposure? And so the ideal job for that is it gives me a lot of money. It takes a little bit of time and it gives me maximum exposure, right? <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So for a church planner, so for me, washing windows, that gave me great money. It took little time. And it gave me amazing exposure. I could go house to house to every single door. That was a fantastic job. So um, Starbucks, not very good. Maximum exposure in my community. Um, minimal money, right? And, ma- you know, it took too much of my time. I had to work 40 hours for a minimum wage. So, but as far as for, you know, gospel exposure and bringing people to church, I remember thinking this is unfair to the enemy, but it's also unfair to my family. You know, because mm. I got to eat. So, so with the evaluate the evangelism uh, or the outreach evaluation matrix, what that looks at is it looks at, um, you know, is is your outreach that you're going to do high relation or low relation? So, is it relationship building? Is it relational, highly relational, or is it not? Re- so, door hangers, putting that on a door, that will give you very little relationship with people. But then the second thing it looks at is exposure. So for example, um, if you, if you blanket a city and you break up your church into volunteer teams and you hit every, well, that's maximum exposure, but it's minimal relationship. Then if you do something like going out to, uh, you know, to eat with someone that is maximum relationship and that is minimal uh, exposure, right? You, you you can only do that so often. You can only afford it so often. You can't take people out to eat every night. Um, you know, it's going to be slow go. And But the, the reason you look at that is you need all approaches. And when I was taking a, a bunch of students through that this week, um, one of them said, and he pointed to the to the box that showed minimal exposure and minimal relationship and he said, but you know what? There's a, there's another category here. He goes, it depends on what the cost is. Now, this guy is an animal in this department. Like, he could teach me. He has grown his church, reaching lost people, going after them so strategically that I'll respect anything he says. First-time church planner. He's teaching me. And he said, um, he said, but there's a third category here. It's cost. He goes, if there's minimal cost to a low relationship, uh, low exposure, he goes, I'll, I'll do it all day. He goes, because I, I, I don't see that as bad as long as it doesn't cost me a lot in either time or money. He goes, so, so cost is kind of the tempering factor. And I thought that was a really good, uh, kind of caveat to add on to that. 
as you're looking at yeah, it. Yeah, it's funny because that's almost entirely how we look at marketing is from the cost standpoint. So after we're done with our podcast today, I, I train um, a bunch of real estate agents. So I've got a, a Q&A call, kind of like our Band of Brothers call, right? And um, <clears throat> so a lot of them, they do what's called door knocking. And that's what you're talking about with leaving the door hangers. They're like, hey, yeah. you know, what do I leave behind? That kind of thing. And they always want to know, should I even be doing this? Is this a good thing? And I'm like, here's what it comes down to. If you have more time than you have money, then go door knocking. Because yeah. what does it take? It takes time. It doesn't take money. You just got to walk. If you've got more money than time, then you want to do other stuff, direct mail, yeah. whatever, because yeah. you can reach far more people. Like from an efficiency standpoint, um, you could take an advertising message. And if you use direct mail, you could carpet bomb your city. And it, it actually using the every door direct mail program from the post office, it wouldn't actually cost that much. And from an efficiency standpoint, you could be done like that. Like you could hit yeah. everyone, but yeah. if you had to walk it, forget it. It's going to take forever. Yeah, it's so funny you say this. You know, I was listening to Gary Vaynerchuk this week, and, you know, I listen to him a lot. He's entertaining. He's very good at social media marketing. Um, but I, I, I really, it's funny. He does have a foul mouth. So if you're, if you're a little, uh, squeamish to that, you know, just be warned, you know, he, uh, he drops F bombs left and right. But yeah, he's from Jersey. You know, you got to excuse him. It's like Jerry McCarty. That's why he's always cussing. <laughs> and, uh, so, so here's the deal. He said, he goes, look, you know, someone asked him a question about, hey, on minimal money. And he goes, look, when I started, I had no money to do what I do. I, but I leveraged the resource I had. When you don't have money, you have time, right? When you have money, you don't have time. <laughs> he goes, now I'm running Gary uh, Vaynerchuk Media or Vayner Media, I guess it's called. And he said, uh, I now, there's tons of money. Um, but he goes, I'm, I'm nonstop, nonstop doing other things, but, uh, I have money to accomplish things that I didn't. And he goes, all the only resource I had that I leveraged was my time. And so church planner, it's the same thing with you. Yeah. There's a great line by uh, Dan Sullivan. If you have money to solve a problem, you don't have a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you got the money to solve it. Yeah, I suppose so. And so here's here's the thing. And you know, when when we come into um the the only place where that's maybe a little bit different for us is you can so 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 you could invest your time, but God alone gives the increase. But here's the deal. The Bible also gives the principle if you if you do not sow, you will not reap. If you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. If you sow abundantly, you'll reap abundantly. And so here's the deal. The, the first thing that I would say is looking at that evaluation, that outreach evaluation matrix, um, I would say start um, with your, you know, look at it as kind of like I'm going to move across this grid. I'm going to start with high relationship and low exposure. So don't go, oh, well, the, the goal is to get maximum relationship and maximum exposure. The reality is that a lot of outreaches don't fall in to that category. Um, you know, somewhere there's something that needs to be sacrificed. Kind of like we're saying, like with the time and money, you have a lot of time when you're not doing things that, that, that make money and you leverage that. But same with, uh, with, um, sorry, I don't know why I'm, I'm, 
I'm, I'm saying uh, and I'm a lot here. But, uh, you know, start with your neighbors, man. Start with your community. Start reaching out to people in the neighborhood. Go to, if your church is in a particular location, um, start reaching out to the business owners. Start getting to know people in that community. Start with um, civic leaders. Uh, take them out to lunch. You know, ask ask some of your, your, your leaders and movers and shakers and your people of peace in that community, your neighbors, um, get to know them, spend time with them and start building relationships with them. And that is often very, very highly effective. There's a book that came out a little while ago called The Art of Neighboring. We're actually going to get him on hardcore, a guy named Dave Runyon. And uh, he started meeting with the city. And there's this incredible story that he tells about how he meets with uh, the mayor of the city and they actually sit in a room with him and tell him um, they've got all the church leaders and he's the, the mayor's kind of weirded out. Like, why did you ask me here? You guys never listen to what we say. And, uh, and the mayor was like, well, he said, well, you know, if you could tell us one thing, like if there's one thing we could do, um, what would you have us do? And the mayor's like, well, you guys always like pray for me and you do all that stuff. And look, that's great and all. But um, what we really need is, you know, and he listed off a, a host of things, you know, um, some of them are like civic projects and different. But then he goes and then a neighboring program and someone stopped him and said, well, could you back up? What do you mean by the neighboring program? And then the the mayor just started saying, well, you know, um, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, and he just lays out exactly what the Bible says about loving your neighbor, helping people out. And he goes, so many of the problems that we have in the city, if people would just do this and form community, would be gone. And, and, and the guy said, you have to understand, we felt really good, really proud of ourselves for getting the mayor here. And he said, and... He goes, you have to understand what it feels like to be in a room of like 50, you know, uh, pastors and leaders of big churches to have a guy who's not even following Jesus sit there and tell you what the gospel is Mm -hmm. and how you should be living it out and moaning the fact that the church isn't doing it. You got these thousands of people and you guys just aren't there. And the guy, the guy made a comment, something to the effect of if your church has vanished overnight, the city wouldn't even notice. Mm. And, uh, and, and that was powerful. And so I think the first thing that we have to do is start building relationship. Um, you know, people on my street, they know what I do. I, when they see me, they're like, Hey, you heading to Long Beach today? You know, when I'm getting into my truck, like they know all about what I do. They know all about, I've talked to them. They've it's read funny. My it's book. funny because you've only been robbed three times since you've lived there. <laughs> That was a good one. Long Beach, oh, we got a few hours. All right. How long does the service last? What's your travel time? (laughs) (laughs) Mm, That gives us about six hours. (laughs) Oh, it's great. But uh, but yeah, you know that that would be the first thing is I'd say just get involved with uh, with people's lives, you know. What are some suggestions for getting involved in people's lives? Going out to coffee with them, doing what they do. So, for example, like you always hear people right now, it's so trendy 
for everyone to talk about. Invite them over to your house for a meal. And that's good. I mean, you know, shoot, man, I, inviting people over to your house for a meal, that's cool. But I don't know. I, I still think when you invite people over to your house for a meal, that's not first base, man. You know, you, you, you don't first date ask someone over to, uh, you know, like you don't say to a girl like, hey, come on over. I'm going to cook you dinner. Like that's a little more advanced. And I would actually say that people, the, even though it's trendy, and this is the thing that always gets me with pastors. Everybody right now throws out the buzzwords, incarnational, missional, um, build community, um, um, having meals with people. And that's cool, but I'm always a little bit suspect when I'm, when I'm hearing uh, trends and buzzwords because I just think pastors are the trendiest critters. All I can say is I went to this, this pastor's conference. There was an awful lot of tight jeans and hair product. You know, They're just in designer shirts. The, it is a very, very trendy group of people that you're dealing with. Calm down, Italy, 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 Italy. They did their best. Shoddily, Italy, Italy, Italy. Gotta be nice. Hostility, Italy, Italy, Italy. Oh, hell, Italy, ding, dong, crap. Love it. <laughs> so, yeah, enough of my rant. But uh, but basically, I think I think that right now, people just talk about, like, having meals all the time. I don't think as many people are doing it as... Uh, we'd be led to believe. I think people are talking about it. And people talk a lot in church. I don't know if you notice that. People probably talk uh, more than they do. And talking is a cheap substitute for doing. Do But, you know, seriously, like, my neighbors do CrossFit, right? If I, if I wanted to get close to my neighbors and go to CrossFit, you know, I'd, I'd go, well, you know, my whole street is at this CrossFit I really don't want to do CrossFit, so there's no way I'm going and doing CrossFit. But, you know, I know guys who do CrossFit. I'd say, dude, go join their CrossFit group. Like, join them. You know, that that is a community. If you want to go spend time with people, it doesn't have to be eating meals together. Um, you can go to, like, we got a Wednesday night market here. You know that every time we go to that Wednesday night, night market, you end up spending time with someone. In our community, we're like, hey, hey, you're here. Boom. Oh, let's go grab food. You know, we go to one of the little stands and grab some food. Doesn't always have to be, uh, you know, getting food together. And I, I, I mean, uh, cooking meals at your house and having food. Um, it, it just is so trendy. We're so trendy. And I actually, to a certain degree, just feel that it's, again, people taking a cookie cutter of what someone else has said. And, you know, they use the buzzwords, building community together, intentional, you know, on and on, which are all good terms. But guys, let's not just then think the only way to to do something is to have a meal with someone in our house. Mm. You know, there's just so many different ways you can be a part of the the, the community. Um, my guys on my street, everyone just stands outside and skateboards. You know, they just hang out and I don't skateboard, but That's I stand what I out do. there and talk. That's what I do. I just skateboard. Well, my wife and I literally have a thing where we say we're going to eat with someone once a week. You know, that's it. So Michael Frost is like, I, how many times a week? It was like three times a week for I us. It was three once times a, a week, week you do something. with a special yeah. needs kids. That's, that's a lot. So we've said, you know, and it doesn't matter if it's like uh, someone we know had twins. And we're like, well, let's just take them pizza for a few weeks. And that was how we knocked that out. Um, 
But but one of our goals is to stand outside once a week with our neighbors and do nothing except just be and hang out and talk. And it will be different people. But we have like a community hub outside of outside of our yard. Are you doing life together? <laughs> Calm down, ding, diddly, ding, diddly. It's so funny, man. That's made its way into my into our into the the Jones house when someone starts getting heated. Nice. That busts out. Calm nice. down, ding diddly. And and if I even say that, my wife just starts snickering. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So the other thing is, and and maybe something that that you can do corporately. I mean, you know, we could get into all the internet stuff, you know. But again, I'm I'm thinking concentric circles moving outward. Again, thinking like you know, low exposure but high relationship. Now I'm going to move into something that's higher exposure and probably mid level on the relationship. Um, it could actually be high relationship. Just depends on how you do it. I suppose it could be low relationship, but doing good works out in the community. So for example, um, if you study the book of Acts, you know that, um, they, they fed the poor. Um, they, they did a lot of good works. Um, and the Bible says they grew in favor, uh, in the people, in the eyes of the people. And so what happened was their good works, the way that they were selling their possessions, giving to the poor, doing all that, they were, um, and they were serving, uh, they were, those, the good works were creating goodwill. And the goodwill that was created amongst people where it says that, you know, they grew in favor, that created gospel receptivity. So we, we have to remember that people are, are either higher, higher. What is wrong with me today? Dude, I cannot talk. This is freshman. Calm down. Ding, diddly, ding, diddly. I can't talk. I literally cannot enunciate. It's gone. I don't know. I turned you off about 30 minutes ago. So yeah, right after the smack talk. Pretty much. Pretty much. So, uh, yeah. So, so good works created goodwill and goodwill in the eyes of the people creates a um, gospel receptivity. And I think a lot of churches miss this. Um, case in point, we had a, a church. I was just talking with a guy the other night. Um, he called me up and he used to go to a church that I consulted with in Huntington Beach. And they had this big old parking lot. So when I pulled into the parking lot, um, I noticed because parking was kind of hard to find that they had an overflow parking lot that was on the other side of a a set of apartments that separated the the church building from the overflow car park. I noticed a bunch of signs that said church parking only big red and angry. And I remember kind of going, huh, you know, these guys are asking me to come and speak to them about mission. So afterwards I talked to one of my friends who was on leadership and I said, you know, I just noticed that your main message to the community was big signs that say, keep out. You're not, you, unless you're part of this church, you can't come and park here. And I said, let me, let me ask you, how's parking here? And they go, well, it's really bad because there's tons of apartments here. And I said, so, okay, that explains the signs. But what I don't understand is you guys are trying to reach this community and you're not using one of your greatest assets. If parking is bad, you have the answer. Like you have a way and a means to reach these people. So here's what I suggest. I suggest that you send some door hangers out. You go around and it's, hey, town meeting. Um, parking's a problem here. 
and we're going to let you use our parking lot, but you have to register for a permit. I said, now what you can do is you can get everybody in the church building who wants to use that car park. Then you're going to get their contact details. Then you're going to get them on an email list. Then you're going to start throwing community events like, hey, we're going to have a neighborhood garage sale. And guess what? We're going to use the church parking lot, the overflow parking lot. And I said, you know, now, so anyways, they follow part of the advice. They did the church parking lot. They got 400 people, they counted, that participated. 400 people from the community hmm. came to this garage sale. They made tons of money. Um, you know, the church and people in the church decide they would do it and give it towards missions. One thing they didn't do is get all the contact details. Now, working with you, Pete, I know how important that is. They should be taken out and shot. So what, what ended up happening was, you know, they, uh, you know, they, they leveraged what they had. And so you serve a community and I was like, man, you guys don't even understand your parking lot is like a gateway into serving your community. If you want to reach a community, you serve it. And so they, they had a golden opportunity. Then, uh, they had sold a piece of their property. Um, it used to be where Wycliffe, I probably shouldn't tell too many details because gives a lot of information away about who they are, but, uh, and, and I'm not bagging on them. It's just missed opportunity. The other thing I told him at the time is, look, you've got all these nice apartments on one of the main arteries in Huntington Beach going up on your former property that's linked to your property. Why not go take a bunch of cards and say, welcome to the neighborhood. And then it signed like whatever church they were, your neighborhood church. And you put Starbucks gift cards in there. Now, let's say there's 300 apartments. You guys just sold a building. You got bank. Put a 5 or $10 gift card in there and say, hey, you know, let us know if you ever want to get a cup of coffee. But here you go. Boom, boom, boom. You know, or let us know if you ever want to talk. But here's a, you know, boom, whatever. You're opening the door. You're giving an invite. You've told them you're their neighborhood church. You've shown them you care about them. You've told them you're there to serve them in any way, and they didn't do it. Hmm. And so I, I find often that, that you can get so creative about how you do the good works, how you build the goodwill. And when people feel good about you, it creates gospel opportunity. A lot of you guys know that they have like neighborhood um, community pages like on Facebook, um, you know, like like in Oceanside, where I live, there's very much a South Oceanside um, community. In fact, they they fight over what is South Oceanside and what's not South Oceanside. And if you go past certain boundaries, um, there are people that claim to be South Oceanside. And the South Oceanside people get really mad. You know, like, you're not South Oceanside. Well, if you're planning in South Oceanside, you get on that page and you start having everyone in your church get on that page. They become known. Now you're talking, you know, a high exposure, high relationship within your community on that page. And then you serve that community. So you get really involved with stuff. You don't have to, to create your own things. You don't have to create your own little Facebook group that no one else is going to come to. You get involved in their Facebook group. And then you find out what projects are there and you mobilize the church to go serve in what projects they're putting there. And you say, hey, you know what? I go to such and such church. I think they'd be interested in it. And then you mobilize your people to get involved in that project. Does that make sense? 
I think you've been listening to my marketing calls. That's all I'm saying. Are you serious? Yeah. I actually tell real estate agents, I go, um, what you want to do is you want to create a community page on Facebook. Like you don't want, you know, Pete Mitchell real estate because no one's going to care about that. But if I had the Rossmore community page and every event that ever happened in Rossmore, whether it was connected to me or not, gets put on there pretty soon. Everyone in the community wants to be a part of that page because they want to know what's going on in the community. So you become a resource. And then as a resource, every once in a while, not all the time, but every once in a while, you squeak in with your offer, your, you know, this is what I got going on. Why don't you guys come to this kind of a thing? Yeah. And uh, again, as you build goodwill on that community, you're going to be seen. I, I listened to some guys who uh, they just did so many cool things. I listened to this one guy. Um, his name is Micah Davidson. And he had uh, rented a school and they heard that the janitor had to go off. I think he was on like sick leave due to cancer or something like that. And they said, well, how can we help as a church or renting this school? So what they did is they started having, they, they couldn't, you know, have someone be the janitor. But they said, look, at the end of the day, we'll start a rota or like a rotation of people that will come and empty the trash can. So I'll take Tuesdays, you know, when you got a church plant of 80 people, boom, you factor them in. He said what happened eventually was um, schools like, you have a volunteer force. Well, gosh, you know, we, we have a hard time motivating parents to get in there and help. Would you help us? They built such an awesome relationship with this school that, and they were allowed, by the way, to wear their church t-shirts. And they now, the school has for them, um, it says something like advisor. So if a kid's in trouble or going through a rough time at home, they can literally at any time of the day find one of these uh, people from their church with a, with a shirt on and, uh, you know, can, can, can talk to them. And they can factor them, you know, towards a pastor or a counselor or whatever. But it's it's amazing the relationship mm-hmm. they form at the school. Uh, the principal, like total atheist school, the principal came to a, tr- a church service, got saved. Um, another principal came uh, from another school, had heard about all this incredible stuff, had come to the church on a Sunday morning, come up to the pastor and said, hey, can you start one of your churches at our school? No churches meet at our school. <laughs> wow. How's that when a principal asks you to come plant a church in their community? Yeah. Because of the impact that you're having. So he came over from a neighboring uh, school in the district. So it was just amazing. I mean, there was story after story of the stuff that these guys are doing. They were taking the teachers out to lunch. He said that was the big deal. We took all the teachers out to lunch. We booked a place. Um, we took him out to lunch, uh, special event or as a dinner or something. And he said, and that really rocked him as a thank you and appreciation. And he said, that's when we started seeing him come to church. It was that Sunday that the principal got saved. And so I'm just saying, there's a lot of things you can do. And of course, we haven't even talked about all the, the big marketing stuff. Um, but we don't really have time for that anyways. No, but what a lot of what you're talking about is what I refer to as community marketing events. And um, I think they're one of the most powerful ways. I mean, I shared with you that I put together a program, which your claim was, oh, you copied that from us. And I totally forgot that we had kind of done that as a church with the uh, photo with Santa. 
And because um, I'd put together a whole program for basically for all sorts of businesses where they could put on a family portrait event. Because, you know, what does every family want? They want to have their family picture taken, but they can never get around to doing it. And, you know, it costs a lot of money. So you make it a free event and then you get what I refer to as joint venture partners, other local businesses who want to get in front of the same people. And you get them to invite all of their clients to it. So if you were a church, you could do the same thing. You could have a family portrait event where everyone gets a free session. They get a free 8 by 10 um, or or free digital of their favorite pose, and then you could have a photographer who, if you know, um, if you didn't want to cover the the expenses, you give them one, the the session is free. You give them one digital photo for free. But if they want like all the poses that they take, you know, the the photographer can charge them. You yeah, know, here's the CD. You know, for fifty. Well, bucks that's golden whatever. for a photographer, man. Well, you tell them, hey, yeah. I'm putting you in touch with this many people in the community. That's golden. Like any photographer that says, Hey, I need you to try, you know, I'm going to need to charge you X amount for that. He's, he's, he's an idiot. Right. Cause yeah. he's getting so much business off that. <clears throat> and that's something to leverage is look, brother, we're, we're putting an event together. It's going to bring you lots of people. Well, so. that's exactly how I, I like, I've got three different realtors who are doing it right now. And, um, and they all got their photographer to do it for free because the photographer's like, I get it. You're going to put my ideal client in front of me. I get the opportunity to, <clears throat> excuse me, sell them, to upsell them, cross-sell them. Uh, so the photographer's happy, but the people are happy, right? Because they, like, everyone wants to get their family portrait done, but when do you do it? Maybe you do it at Christmas. Maybe. Most of the time you talk about it, you never do it. Yeah. And we've talked about this before. Pick a fight in the community. Pick yeah. a fight with um, some evil. You know, Di Hanke, uh, my best friend and uh, director of A29 uh, Wales, he picked he picked a fight with um, poverty in his neighborhood. And uh, first he picked a, a fight with suicide and depression. Then he picked a fight with, um, you know, the, the rundown school, or, or sorry, playground. Their church did a project to raise all kinds of funds for that beautiful new park in the, in the heart of a slum. And, uh, and then pretty soon there was this old community center that got given to the church because they're like, you're, you guys are movers and shakers. You get stuff done. Here's a community center. You can have it. And so they, they were given that. I mean, all this stuff that we're saying, guys, and when I say pick a fight, I have to say this, this podcast, I think the reason I've been struggling, um, is we've been interrupted on this podcast, like probably record number of times. Yeah. Um, it, it has been a hard podcast to get through. And Pete and I, the last uh, time we got interrupted, I sat down. I'm like, man, it's almost like someone doesn't want us to be sharing this. Whether it was the rant about the cross, because Satan hates the cross with a passion. Um, not surprising he'll get ministers to bash it too. But, uh, but here's the deal. He hates what we're saying. For you to get mobilized and to realize all the different ways that you could get out in front of people and start sharing the hope of the gospel, Satan's pissed off about that. And he's not going to take that lane down. Seriously, I've had a hard time. <laughs> I came back from our last interruption going, man, wait a second. You know, this doesn't happen to us. Like never, right, Pete? I mean, must mean that the rest of our podcasts are really worthless. But <laughs> apparently this one. <laughs> Satan's like, more smack talk, more smack talk. <laughs> Get him talking about Star Wars. Get him talking about Star Wars. It's like uh, C.S. Lewis screw tape letters. My young apprentice, make them talk about Star Wars all the time. Check, please. Well, hey, guys, um, that has been a wrap on our topic. Pete, 
Let me ask you. Mm-hmm. I'm good at you at math. You know, I'm more of a salesman than a math man. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so easy on the other side, is it? Why, why do you ask, Peyton? <laughs> well, Pete, I was just wondering if there was a place that a non-math pastor like me could go to. Because, you know, I was looking for a treasure, and uh, I thought maybe you didn't have anything to do. Well, (laughs) let me tell you a little place called SimplifyChurch.com. They're going to simplify my life because I'm not going to do that for you. No mo. (laughs) Yeah, so SimplifyChurch.com, guys, again, it's the things that we value on here is guys that are competent, but also where you can get a hold of them right away when you know how it is in church, right? Stuff drops out, the bottom drops out. You need an answer right then. Let me tell you something. I've, I've been dealing with those guys for over a year now, and they are on it. Um, they're also on Eastern time, which is fantastic. Because if I if I write them at 5 in the morning, I, think they're I get a response back. They're Central, aren't they? They're only two What's hours that? difference. Oh, sorry. Central time. Yeah. They're Central. Yeah, they're out of Chicago, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. Because yeah. they're always cold, and I'm not. <laughs> All I know is that uh, they are super awesome to deal with. And uh, into, into your tax donations, man, that just came and went. So uh, they were on it. Awesome, man. Well, hey, guys, we appreciate you being on here. And uh, Peyton, why don't you sign us out? Well, guys, this has been the Church Planner Podcast. Reminding you, if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, like today's topic, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music